Greetings and salutations, you are listening to the Into North Podcast, where we take a look at the competitive side of the Commander format, also known as CEDH. I'm one of your hosts, Lyndon, aka Noobzors, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Matt, aka Null. Welcome, everyone. Reed, aka Sick Robot. Howdy, howdy. And Morgan, aka Spleenface. What's up? And in this episode, uh, we're going to be doing a set review of M21 and Jumpstart, but... You know, following the, the tradition, it's not really a full set review. It's just the best ofs for CDH, and we're going to be discussing uh, some of the impl- implications these cards have for the format. Um, but before we get into that, what have you guys been up to since the last episode? And it's been a while because we uh, we, we took a break for the, the Goto special episode, so it's uh, yeah, it has it's certainly a hot minute. Been. <laughs> yeah, it's been a hot. And second. I wasn't here for the I wasn't here for the finance episode, so it's been like more well, than a month. Yeah. Okay, so what have, what, have you been, what, what have you been up to? We've been doing uh, the Nexus Super League. I don't think that we've we have. mentioned that yet on a actually. Yeah, have we not mentioned that on an episode yet? I feel like we mentioned it once, but before yeah. it started. Uh, we are currently one for six, I believe, and it was a turn two win, and it's pretty epic. And it's rec- and it's recorded, so <laughs> definitely is no cheating here, no surgery. It's a very dynamic game. Yeah, um, everyone tapped out, and then you won on turn two. Oh yeah. Uh, to be specific, Reed did. Uh, it was kind of funny. Like we um, we saw Reed's hand, of course, because uh, the teams are allowed to talk uh, over Discord, and we're like, oh yeah, I guess if he just draws a land, that's. A turn two. <laughs> yeah, they'll do it. And, and then the I did draw land, but I drew a green creature, and that let me imprint on a Chromox, which is good R- enough. Remember yeah. that? Remember that time you wanted to mulligan? Good <laughs> times. Just... Hey, hey. Yeah. Good <laughs> times. Yeah, I've uh, mostly just been playing arena, vintage cube, all that, all that jazz. Done. Uh, some brewing in mid power decks and revamping like a ton of my mid power decks so that's an undertaking but yeah cdh wise not a mm-hmm. not a whole lot i finally got a haircut that was pretty oh, yeah. <laughs> you can do that the last one i got was like six months ago oh, God. i can only imagine morgan with like a long hair i don't know weird yeah. <laughs> Dude, you don't have to imagine i could see for, for some reason i i'm imagining it like shoulder length Oh god! <laughs> no, that's not how hair works. I know, but that's what my, the first thing that just I imagined was shaggiest caveman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to cut out the extensions, dude. You can just take them off. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, well, without further ado, let's jump into housekeeping. And for housekeeping, we have exactly one uh, one note here, and that's a new patron. And we want to give a shout out to Bending Guy for uh, becoming a patron of the podcast and. Uh, I think we I've mentioned this in the past, but you know one of our previous patrons, um, Scoot, became a uh, patron because he uh, lost a bet to me about you know hitting Mythic in Arena, <laughs> and uh, Bending Guy similarly made a bet with me about uh, hitting I think a certain rank of Mythic for Arena, and uh, yeah, I'm just gonna keep collecting collecting on these bets and getting new patrons for the podcast, I guess. <laughs> Technically, it's gambling, but just, just don't tell anyone. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess we can just jump into the uh, jump in to the set review with uh, Jumpstart and M21. Well, hey. So, 
<laughs> Look we've at got, that segue. What yeah, a pro. <laughs> what a pro. <laughs> totally, totally planned, guys. <laughs> Episode 30, yeah. you know, it's just that high quality segue. So we've got 10 cards here. Um, and we'll, we're, we're going to start off with what we think are the most, I guess, impactful. Um, and, and we're going to be trending towards the, uh, uh, the lesser end. Although most of these cards have been selected um, for having some amount of uh, impact. So first up on the list we have allosaurus shepherd and this was a kind of a surprise uh to see out of jumpstart uh so allosaurus shepherd is a elf shaman for a single green mana it's a one one and it reads allosaurus shepherd can't be countered green spells you control can't be countered and for four and double green until end of turn each elf creature you control has base power and toughness five five and becomes a dinosaur in addition to its other creature types yeah so an uncounterable thing that makes your stuff uncountable for a single green mana i mean wizards has been printing this kind of effect for a while i think um god there's that herald card um Guys, Herald, Guys, Herald and there was yeah. um, Prowling Serpapard from Amon yep. Kit. Yeah, um, Destiny and I, Spinner. I mean, Vexing yeah. Shosher is also in this line of... Yeah, for sure. Well, v- Destiny Spinner itself can be countered. Yes. But. Well, I mean, so can Gaius Herald. Yeah. True. But yeah, there, there's been this trend of, of printing these, you know, can't be countered. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of that's, you, that's a, creature spells you control can't be countered. And they've just been pushing the CMC lower and lower and lower or and increasing it until I suppose they make it playable in constructed formats because most of those cards are not uh very good i mean vexing sure sure of course but uh that one is not quite the same <laughs> yeah not quite the same <laughs> yeah, not quite a good sure. one but yeah i mean like so it's interesting right like typically we see this effect with like creature spells mm-hmm. and this is different it's green spells which is good in some ways bad in others yeah well I think this is, you know, we we were discussing a bit uh, pre-show about uh, where where this card will go, and it really it competes um, in a lot of in a lot of decks when you have different colors or different strategies. Um, this is not really an effect you're going to be wanting because there's kind of better options in slot. So in a lot of white decks, you're looking at uh, Grand Abolisher, which is just you know pretty nutty. Uh, considering it, it doesn't, it's not just limited to uh, green spells, and then also you've got uh, Vexing Shusher, which is really the, you know, it's perfect the one to perfect beat. version of this card. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so this is certainly. really going to fit into decks where you know you're not really running blue uh, because you know you'd rather just be running counter spells. Uh, you're not really running white because you've got silence effects and. Um, yeah abolisher like i've been a fan of uh ranger captain of eos as well um (laughs) yeah yeah it's (laughs) a good card even though for some reason it just hasn't performed (laughs) in a real life it's performed very well (laughs) i i've I've, it's done very well for me when i played with it surprisingly well pretty hot in helen that's for sure definitely is yeah, so Shrieking Drake is a hell of a card. In in when you're running white, you, you've got those cards, and when you're running you know green red, you've got your Vexing Shisher. So it's like where exactly where is this going to be run? Yeah, green. where where yeah, it's it's Gitrog is you know the perfect example of where this card is going to go. And I would I, I kind of 
I would say I have a more perfect example than Get Rog. Really? Okay. Yeah, let's hear let's it. Hear it. I think for Rawls is a more perfect example than Get Rog. Okay. Mm. Because, okay. Why, why, what's your justification on that? Because Alsor's Shepherd protects like all parts of the Rawls combo rather than just protecting the Get Rog monster. It also protects discard outlets. It protects the green discard outlets. And also Which all your green tutors. Yeah, it's most of the discard outlets. I think I think Gitrog is much more likely to have its green spells be the focus of counter magic than Veral's. Yeah, and then also it's it I mean, runs it a lot more. Uh, for, right? Does Veral's Veral's doesn't run as many? Uh, or do you do you run all the same tutors as Gitrog? No, creature tutors. Because I think yeah, I think right Gitrog now. has more tu- creature tutors. Not than, right now. Uh, Okay. There's a very real chance that this card means that Veral starts playing Green Sun Zenith. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess I guess pretty pretty uh, impactful in in both decks, and you know this also shows up in uh, Yisan maybe, and uh, uh, what you're saying, Salvala. Momir Vig, Selvala, yeah, Selvala. Yeah. yeah, definitely um, definitely a thing for Hackball, um, being an elf and then making it hard to counter Momir is pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the fact that it's accessible off of of the green creature tutors and all that stuff just really pushes it up to a uh, another level. Uh, How much effort would be required to um to like fit this or to work your hackball line so you can either fit this or so you can get some sort of protection for like the phantasm limits that you eventually have to cast? Like with this, is it like? Like as in, if you had this, yeah, for for two more mana or whatever, could you like do a combo that actually wasn't vulnerable to counter spell? Um, you can do it, or like wasn't vulnerable to a single counter spell. Uh, well, yes, because you have uh, what's it called um, uh, uh, sorry, do you have a Nantuko Tracer in the deck? Okay, but yeah. like, I guess also they can probably just interact with the hack if they're gonna. Yeah, that, that's all, mostly so. the issue. So the the place where this is really nice is when you're doing it through Vizier or Painter Servant. Um, not specifically Painter Servant, but definitely Vizier. Where like, oh, actually, sorry. So through Painter Servant, if you're everything you is green. definitely get people if you play it. <laughs> if first. you're doing it through Painter Servant and you play Painter Servant first, naming green, then you don't have the Phantasmal Image problem anymore. Yeah, fair enough. So. Uh, one thing I also like about Alsor Shepherd, um, and for Forget Rog, I, I guess it's not really specifically Forget Rog here, but uh, kind of branching this off into a more general comment on uh, new cards being printed and how this affects CDH decks, is that Git Rog uh, doesn't usually get cards that are good for only Git Rog. The, the trend seems to be these days that if any deck um, gets an edge, most of the time, it's also an edge for the top tier of the format. Uh, and Alsor Shepherd is actually nice in that it uh, brings Gitrog up and, and you know some of these other fringy decks up a bit and uh, doesn't you know simultaneously increase the power of uh, CST and all these other decks. Yeah, because certainly, like, I don't think this... I've seen some people, you know, going crazy about this card. I don't think it's like a staple that goes in a lot of stuff. 
um, particularly the high color stuff, where the important cards are typically not green. Yeah, blue and black. Like if you're looking, yeah. if you're looking at these like mid range, you know, like a mid range Timothrasius build, you know, maybe you have the Seaborn Muse that you really care about, and like Neoform is nice, but then like, what are people? Is it a problem for you that people are countering your like Birds of Paradise? Yeah, or, <laughs> like you're you're not getting protection um, on an ad nauseum here. Um, a lot of the green stuff that you yeah. are resolving in those decks, like, even if you resolve it, it is pretty removal vulnerable, and this doesn't protect against removal. And yeah. The other, the, the other like, one that I've seen a lot of discussion about is is Food Chain. Um, and I just, I don't think it replaces Destiny Spinner because they can just interact with your, uh, with your Castrum Exile creature with this one out, whereas Destiny Spinner actually protects both of them. Yeah, and protects some of your uh, secondary stuff like Necropotence as well as an added benefit. Dude, uncountable risk studies is brutal. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that shit. <laughs> and I guess the final thing I want to say about uh, Alsor Shepherd is that I do think that the um, activated ability is not completely irrelevant. I mean, it's pretty irrelevant in for in. I think you're never you're never trying to actively take advantage of it. You're not going to tutor up being like, wow, you know, I can really use this Allosaurus Shepherd activated ability here. But there's going to be times when the game stalls out, when you can seriously push a lot of damage with uh, by turning all of your dorks into five. I, I think that's I think I, it's specifically yeah. only really useful in that case in like probably Marwin and Yisan. No, I think I'm going to be able using this like Gitrog runs, you know, almost every elf. You can, so it's... But there there just aren't that yeah. many elves. Like, you, you're only no, going to have, like, two elves yeah. out at a time, right? I mean, sometimes, sometimes you know, if you can turn your two elves into five fives and, you know, pressure someone's life total over <laughs> the game, it's not not completely relevant. Or you force them into chumping with the... And also, like, that does, <laughs> that does mean that you're also, like, you're also not tapping those elves to activate it, right? Yeah, like, that's, that's the one... Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you who add needs Nazan, to tap Elf for mana when you've got a guy's crit anyway? Like, right? I will say I've definitely line. killed people with mirror entity activations, like, a good number of times, but I think that that's, like, like, I, like that's a to lot any, To anybody listening, you might be thinking, like, oh, he does it every once in a while. Then, like, this is, like, every third game with Holland. <laughs> like, this is a very frequent occurrence. Honestly, it was yeah. more of a thing in Kestia at the time, but... Uh, <laughs> Because well, there was a lot more like hate bears and the rule of laws and whatnot. When playing, but, um, uh, when playing against Keegan from uh, or a friend of the show, Keegan, um, TG member, he uh, he frequently just beats down with Urza constructs, and I'm, yeah, I'm that's, like, that's the big one. Yeah, that's the thing. Beats, beats, beats are real, man. Don't, don't. Uh, don't Us count Canadian that. CDH players, man, we love our long games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, until we don't. <laughs> until we don't, which is yeah. like also, like about also, an hour and I think half, it's. Man. Linda, without counting them, how many elves are in Gitrog? Without not counting, counting them? E I'm not say counting like ESG. Seven? I don't know. Off the top so of my there's, head. there's eight, including the ones that cost more than one mana. Like, the odds that you have even three of them out. Alasaur Shepherd is an elf right? and does count itself. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> seven mana, five, five. So good. <laughs> it's uncountable, too. <laughs> Well, I'm sure that Seton is going nuts over this card. Oh yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> it is also a dinosaur when you actually I mean, it, 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 is it is a shaman, which is huge. Funny? Shaman tribal. 
What's the uh, Di- dinosaurs? Are is funny. it Sachi or something? The uh, or the Orochi? The, the, yeah, yeah. Is it Sachi? Am I right with that? Yeah, she taps. Yeah, she taps shamans, shamans for green, shamans green, green, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> six man. <laughs> Do you make your statue and the ultimate shaman? It's a meta rock when yeah, she yeah. comes down. <laughs> Nutty. Okay, so I think we, we've exhausted everything there is to say about Elsa Shepherd. Uh, so second on our list, we have Peer into Depths. Matt, do you want to? Yeah, some? sure. Uh, so it casts for four, black by black, sorcery. Target player draws cards equal to half the number of cards in their library and loses lo- half their life. Round up each time. This is Peer so into the Abyss, we're seeing by the way. Is, yep, Peer into the Abyss. Uh, so what we're seeing is, uh, you know, we're seeing the ad nauseum reference i suppose uh obviously a bit stronger on average i'd say that you get access to more cards off pier but cost more mana and it's a sorcery and of note it does draw cards which it is does draw a the cards, very which large is, upside to actually a, is that it bypasses yeah. notion thief <laughs> um yeah so this is uh this is definitely bad nauseum that's <laughs> yeah i yeah. so i think just like people call bolus of citadel bad nauseum no, this, this is, is think, probably yeah. bad or nauseum yeah. i think worse nauseum um i think <laughs> i think <laughs> just on its face the seven mana alone is a bit too much to be like this is like i don't think this can consistently be your win con right no or like no well that's but that being said as far as this card resolving i think it often wins more consistently than ad nauseum yes definitely there's an esper command oh sorry okay not not just resolving but also they're not being an ocean thief or smothering tire yes (laughs) Yes. yeah Yeah, definitely the fact that it draws us rough although the 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 like the one counterpoint is that when you're drawing like not only does it probably draw you more cards than an ad nauseum it also leaves you with like quite a substantial amount of life to play with for the purposes of like you know for example if you're casting an ad nauseum trying to find something with like a vamp and a probe yeah like mm. four life is you know and then it's like oh and then oh i can't play this ancient tomb because i don't want to take the two from that like you very quickly realize that your nauses often have to stop at like eight yeah or if you're going below eight you're kind of accepting that there's some stuff you might not be able to do whereas this if you started at 30 you end at 15 like every time well, right and the also thing with this the, is that it can it can just be played at, at very low yeah life like you just cast it camp. at three at three yeah. life or like two life and still get there right is the big one like yeah, I think we, we often yeah. talk about like how much damage you have to deal to an ad nauseum player to kind of get them off of their combo and this card does not suffer from that weakness, which yeah. is how much damage you have to deal to appear to the abyss player. Uh, thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, you I better you better be hoping they're not running radiant fountain, man. I, I actually, <laughs> so I actually really like that about how like it's. I think so personally. I think there's not going to be a whole lot of decks that are playing both Adnaz and peer into the abyss, honestly. But I like the fact no. that. Peer into the abyss really like it's very analogous to ad nauseum except it allows like very different decks to exist with it right like you don't have the cmc restrictions so you can play like all the fat stuff that you want with appear into the abyss in the deck and like still get the full value out of it you don't really have to care about your life total all that much which is pretty great um 
and like you're on average getting more cards uh like even discounting the cmc so like you don't necessarily have to even build into it too much right yeah, you don't have to. You don't Absolutely have to have the not. same density of oh, like fast mana. Fast mana yeah, to like, just, you're just gonna see more like raw cards on average. I mean, you still need yeah, the we, rituals and and stuff. No, you're trying you, you to tap out still, and win the same. You turn. definitely still need it, but you don't like need the same uh, density to win from an Adnos on zero, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you don't you don't have to go like super deep to try and get to three or four mana after this the way you often do with with Nas. Yeah, um, I think. Uh, for me, the first thing that jumped to my mind is that this is probably something that's going to be a redundant copy of Ad Nauseam in decks where you're all in on an Ad Nauseam and there's no really great way to recur things. So probably like a Sidisi, mono black Sidisi might consider running this, um, you know, just to... If uh, that deck still exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Fake decks. Uh, I, I am... Yeah, I'm, the, the one been... thing that's, that's a bit concerning about it is that you do... If in in a deck where you're trying to be really really tight on uh, converted mana cost, you this is a seven drop. If you're trying to run <laughs> just throw in a seven drop ad nauseum, yeah. I've played seven um, drops in Nas decks before. <laughs> I've played two, a, a ten, and eleven drops. You know, it's, it works. So yeah, where I'm, I'm I've been brewing around. I've had this like meme deck kicking around forever, but this actually like. Makes it's like, like it's the very I mean, obvious slot for this, right? Yeah, more more fringe viable, which is uh, Yenet Cryptic Sovereign, who's the the Esper Sphinx Lady. Who you when she attacks, you reveal the top card of your library, and if it has an odd CMC, you can cast it without paying its mana cost. Which like Ad Nauseam always existed, but it never felt good with Yenet because you want to put in, like, a bunch of other stuff to cast for free, right? Like, you want to cast turn spells for free. Mm. You want to cast, like... Like, Blightsteel Colossus for free. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Blightsteel Colossus costs 12, unfortunately, but, you, yeah, you want to cast you want to cast your turn spells or, like, expropriate or whatever. And, like, that meant that you kind of couldn't be on Nas unless you were sort of going all in on Nas and then completely throwing away the value you got from Yenit as your commander. Um, but now this doesn't anti-synergize with high-cost stuff and is just like an I-win button. Um, like, it's, it's so, as close as like, you get to, like, an ETI off of Yenit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so this, like, this makes the deck actually have, like, a much more realistic way to, like... Yenit plus top deck tutor more or less wins the game rather than sort of kind of getting you something good. Um, but like because you have to have that tutor and because you are casting spells, Yenit doesn't demand the same like, oh my god, kill it that something like Xur does. Where like, oh, if that attacks, it's an uncounterable necropotence and then we're dead. Versus here, it's like, oh, well, you know we can still try and interact when Yenit does Yenit stuff. Um, so it doesn't have that, like, massive target painted on it the same that way. Being that being said, like, I think Yenit... Like, it's definitely not an untap and win yeah, commander. Yeah. That being said, though, I do think that Yenit might be a more attractive Gilded Drake target for a lot of decks than Zer, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just because, like... Yeah. Because, like, 
if you're if you're playing a deck that like doesn't have a necropotence or whatever, you're just like, well, I'll take the serpent. I'm not gonna be super happy about it. Re- I don't know, can, man. I'm pretty happy about finding your mystic <laughs> studies and whereas, mystic remorse. Whereas, like, if I steal a Yenit, oh man, dude, I can cast Phyadnos in my farm deck. <laughs> I, I dude, cast I don't think there's a single off the five CMC or more commander in CDH that isn't gilded Drake worthy. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to think of it. Um, it's almost too Godo? tempting to just Godo? pass it up. Yeah, Godo is pretty non Gilded Drakeable. Yeah, I oh, guess yeah, like, Godo, exactly. Unless you want some spicy d- brew. Does anybody really ever want to Gilded Drake the Tassiger when there are Thrasios at the table? Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. Really? Yeah, uh, it's yeah. enormous. <laughs> it's, yeah. The huge but infinite. Infinite, infinitely large. <laughs> but yeah, obviously, things that cost like four, even the four drops, most of them are pretty freaking gilded yeah. drinkable. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much anything. The like, other thing that's uh, really, really sick about Peer into the Abyss is the art, man. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah. I love Dude, I, want, I want somebody to do like a, like an animation of it where like it's like the infinite zoom in uh, on it. Yeah. Where I like actually, it's just constantly sure flowing out. Man. I, I have a vivid image of watching that the day that game, that card came out. It's like they're zooming in on like the Mandelbrot set or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. like, you know, elf guy all the way down. Reminds me of uh, Recurring Insight. I also like the art on that card. Recurring Insight's um, a fun one. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I think that covers it for Appearance of the Abyss, right? Well, I think... Um, sorry. So the other one that I also think... Um, like here in the abyss can go into aside from we've touched on farm we've touched on yenit is just like really fat storm decks <laughs> or like uh decks that historically like would have wanted to play an ad nauseum um but like just can't really justify it like stuff that's playing you know like um if you're playing delve spells like you want to be playing a deck with like treasure cruise and uh, dig through time and stuff like that uh like purity the abyss seems pretty great in those decks why can't I play yeah. this in Mystics? <laughs> you can also, you can also. This, <laughs> is, wish, this yeah. is a great one for playing in Fatty Yuriko. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's a flip for seven, and it also just lets you win just even with game. playing yeah. stuff like Temporal Trespass in your deck. Yeah, dope. There is a third type of category, um, which is I think Pure and the best can kind of have some cheesy options in. Um, Kenworth builds where you're pretty much flipping the die on whether you can find a dockside or not and with Kenworth's first ability like you're not actually trying to get you're not necessarily stuck on getting all the mana rocks when you can give the creatures that you draw haste okay but think about this as a burn spell if you have a notion deep in play you can just dome someone for Uh, (laughs) dude pain reflection Uh, that works man too bad it's not an instant. Dude, It'd be the ultimate this, combat it, trick. This this opens the door for uh, for underworld dreams and uh, oh my god, and, oh my uh, god, <laughs> this is actually that just spicy as fuck. Tech and Nekusar. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> this uh, it reminds me of uh, at the Battle Bond pre-release. My partner and I managed to kill people with both 
modes of uh, sign and blood. <laughs> oh yeah, actually, we decked. Wait, that's, that's we decked one opponent and we drained one opponent. It's actually nice. sort of true, right? Like this is just sort of like the ultimate uh, sign and blood, like the fattest sign and blood possible, right? Like that's sort of <laughs> point I don't think there's a bigger sign and blood. I don't think there is. Dude, they should make they should make a, a draw your entire library lose all your life son. <laughs> That'd be sick, honestly. Yeah. Fourteen mana. Um, okay, so moving on. Uh, next, we've got ghostly pilfer. Uh, Reed, you want to get this one? Sure. No, I yeah, want to get okay. this one. I'll give this Morgan. <laughs> I'm, I'm I, I saw that card. one going. Uh, yeah. Uh, so ghostly pilfer is one and a blue for a two-one spirit rogue. And it has, uh, when Ghostly Pilfer becomes untapped, you may pay two. If you do, draw a card. And it also has discard a card. Ghostly Pilfer can't be blocked this turn. Oh, yeah, and it also says, whenever an opponent casts a spell from anywhere other than their hand, where have we seen that text before? Draw a card. No, so... Where have we seen that text before? <laughs> um, I, have a, so... I have a couple questions uh, before you get into it, Morgan. Uh, why All is right. this a discard outlet? Uh, and then why is it unblockable when you discard a card? <laughs> because this is key to the city, dude. That's and also, why. why is it a blue yeah, It's basically key to the city on a creature. <laughs> yeah, so so this is like, this is, someone like looked at uh, Razakats and they were like, how can we design the most perfect card that, for Razakats? can't go into anything else. <laughs> I I very much disagree. So I, I, I think that do as well, the, for the record, the second the second line of text, which is the one I read last, the whenever an opponent casts a spell from anywhere other than their hand, draw a card. Um, I think that that's like extremely good text. It draws off commanders, obviously, um, and then it's extremely difficult to breach combo through, uh, and it's more or less impossible to scepter or food chain through and urza um, as well if even if you urza, do infant, infant well, without yeah. like um if you do uh power artifact or something you just can't you're i mean i don't know that drawing like they match i don't know that drawing your deck actually beats urza the, yeah it doesn't actually beat it because they exile all their library first and start casting cards so they can just like spin it or like bounce it for a spell yeah. but still but um but setting yeah, setting Urza aside, like food chain and scepter are both very real things that people play. Um, there's some other like meme or stuff that it stops, but it also again you're drawing off of draws Kess. off yeah yeah you're drawing off Kess casts you're drawing off of commanders, um, and then like honestly, even just the like the weird looting, particularly in decks with Timna. Like, discarding a card to make it unblockable. If you're sort of in a bit of a stall, you don't have a ton of cards in hand. Um, you discard, like, a land that you don't need or whatever. You get an extra Timna trigger, so that immediately replaces itself. And then you do have the option to just pay two to draw a card in your, yeah. like, in your next Which is, game. like, basically, like, Thrasios, right? So. Like, you're, yeah, you're not which is... super unhappy about that anyway. Like it's it's and it's it's not a huge commitment of mana like to you know it's like oh well I'll just use this soul ring or whatever yeah. um so like I think all of the lines of text on this are like good and oh, it's a two drop oh my god the rogue type are you kidding me 
<laughs> yeah, it's also pretty nuts in uh, in Edric, uh, because there you really care about rogues to get Prowl online. Um, and yeah, I think this card. I think this card. You also you can also sag it to Kaikar. Yes, probably won't. But probably will not. <laughs> like I think I think that this card like reasonably goes in most or many uh slower timna decks at least as like a medical if you do see a lot of food chain and scepter um because just like a stacks piece that shuts out food chain probably draws you a couple cards and synergizes with timna seems yeah pretty freaking good I'm, i'm definitely down with this card for um any like any timid deck that actually is looking to use timna which is like any timid deck that i play but i know not necessarily all timid decks are like that um like any yeah anything that you like you're consistently swinging out or like dropping a timna on turn two um i i like this as a meta tech option it's just like it's so flexible <laughs> it it just sort of its default is just good enough in most cases and if you're trying if you're trying to evaluate how often you'll get triggers from the the second line of text just think about how much of a pain in the ass it is when there's a Dranith magistrate on yeah. the other side of the table and there you yeah. go that's how often you'll so be God, drawing cards this is, this is that kind of segues into into my uh i guess objections about this card so i i do agree obviously this card is slam dunk in Razakats, and i actually do agree as well about you know wanting to put this in um Timnadex, if your meta is, oh, sorry, uh, is just, full of these, these kinds I'm of I'm just going to oh, tack sorry. on quickly before we get into you shitting on our dreams here. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I do currently really like this in Hulk decks as well. Um, if you're in a, a Timna Hulk deck currently in blue, so I guess just Timna Thrass Serious Hulk, <laughs> um, I, I do really like this just because Flash isn't the thing anymore. You're a lot more happy to have Hulk in the bin. Um, like, you sort of would want to be playing discard outlets anyway, but discard outlets are all bad, except this isn't a bad discard outlet, so you just play this instead and get Hulk out of your hand when needed. Yeah, certainly I said cats, yeah. but generally Reanimator yeah. and Timna are both things that really make me want yeah. to play this card. Alright, go for it. Okay, now time for me to shit on your dreams. Okay, so <laughs> I, do, I do agree that, yeah, if your meta is full of uh, food chain or you know people doing scepter breach stuff, then you know, this card is clearly going to shine. Now, I just don't think that those decks are, you know, nearly as good or um, as popular due to the prevalence of Dranith. People are shifting away from those kinds of win cons um, when they're going, you know, full try hard mode. Maybe you're playing against, you know, some people for for fun and they're just trying to be, you know, a bit hipster or spicy. But I, I don't think that uh, Breach or Scepter are really the go-to win cons to be doing these days with uh with Dranith. So the fact that Dranith is just gonna be in every deck makes Ghostly Pilfer kind of a bit weaker. Um because people are gonna be trying to avoid those kind of strategies. But uh I yeah. mean I think I think Food Chain and Breach are both like A tier win cons with with Oracle console being the yeah. S tier win con. And especially when they like, all the, layer the, together the, pretty easily as these well. These are very common yeah. win cons. Like, and I think one point that ne- wasn't necessarily emphasized as, as well is like even if the second line of text isn't relevant for, the, uh, you know, the table, like the default mode on Pilfer, if you have a Timna, is is still strong. 
where you're just getting value off of it. Like you, yeah, you, you I, I loot think through it's okay. Tolls. I think uh, I've I've looked at Timna builds before where you know I was trying to maximize Timna and doing things with uh, like judges familiar and like the uh, flying dogs. Oh yeah, no, this is a hundred percent great initiate Timna. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> certified S tier plus in that deck. Yeah. If only. It was. <laughs> hey, you yeah, died to Ishai. You don't the, get to make uh, that comment. The it's. I think it's certainly you know good as a as a Timna attacker. Um, but I don't think if you're taking if you're not taking advantage of the discard and you're not drawing like one to two cards off of its uh, um, second line of text, then it's hard to uh, really say this is better than some of the other you know cheap flying evasive creatures or things that you can potentially look I at. I do. I do um, like that it's. Yeah, I think it's. I, it's, I it's think definitely it's a lot better than the cheap flying the evasive for, for creatures, those, uh, though. Certainly, I, I disagree. I think it's a lot better than the cheap flying evasive creatures. I think it's a lot like my how I'm viewing it is like I think I I've made this stance public. I'm not sure how much I've emphasized on this podcast, but I'm willing to do it on this podcast because it is a, it is something that I stand for. I'm not a huge fan of the Dino. Runic Armasaur. Um, it's not a card that I'm particularly fond of. My experiences with it are like just it's been pretty low value. I like Ghostly Pilfer a lot more than the Dino, and a lot of people are already playing the Dino. Yeah, that's fair. I, I like this better than Dino as well. But the dino yeah. is so thick. It's not necessarily <laughs> in the same spot. Exactly. Bar, it's so thick. <laughs> somebody, somebody, please make that edit. <laughs> Simpsons edit with Millhouse holding the Runic Armasaur. <laughs> okay, here's my pilfer hot take. Okay, so it's a discard outlet, right? And you're already running Gilded Drake if you're in blue. So to enable a Git Rog combo, all you oh have to do God. now is put Dakmar Salvage in your deck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> if you're on a consultation database like no, it's... <laughs> oh my god oh that's dude okay Sinesh should get on this this is the new tasker build <laughs> it's the definitely yeah. not get wrong <laughs> what's what's the what's the the greatest food chain deck or whatever. Uh, food chain just gets better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next up, uh, we have Emiel the Bless. Yes, we do. And Reed, you can get I this I will one. take this one. Uh, Emiel the Bless is a two white, white legendary creature unicorn. Uh, it is a 4 4 and it has two abilities, one of which is three. Uh, exile target creature you control another target creature you control sorry then return it to the battlefield uh, under its owner's control know that this is a fast flicker on an activated ability without a tap um, you just have to pay mana that is a first in the command zone um, we have not seen that before uh, the only other effect I believe like this on a creature is uh, what's it called Eldrazi uh, yeah, but there's also Dead oh, Eye Navigator. Uh, oh, okay, the same. Dead Eye Navigator, yeah, yeah. Um, but this is and, I, and Rune is a slow flicker in the command zone. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then it also has a second line of text saying, "Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under you control, um, 
you may pay hybrid uh, green white if you do put a 1-1 counter on that creature if it's a unicorn put two on one counters on the creature cute um this is really interesting because of those things that i just said before um that enables a lot of funny stuff and a lot of funny business so on its face first of all gotta get it this out of the way um this is uh, another piece to the dockside ab combo um in any of those decks uh if you are making four mana off of dockside which is the lowest we've seen yet um the next lowest is team of saber tooth having to make five treasures if you can make four treasures off of dockside this goes and infinite, also it which is pretty interesting two with uh, like trading your, grounds are familiar or like which is extremely low yeah um which is incredibly low now that being said that's not a particularly easy color combination to get into with mal considering it is green white um and if you want red for dockside you also need an infinite mana outlet which means that you're stuck in thras bruce no offense matt or kenrith um <laughs> no offense taken <laughs> we all know we all know that kenrith is like not as good as thras timna um so the, it, it sort of it forces you into sub thras bruce <laughs> if it forces you into like not thras vile yes, that is true uh, for this, but that being said, I mean, it's still very interesting, right? Dude, oh, slam dunk sure. in Marath, Will of the Wild. Also, oh, yeah, I think no, the, 100%. Yeah, so yeah. Many, yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, though, I, I don't think, like, yeah, sure, it does, like, like phase one, you just put Emil, 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 Emil into Emil. all your Kenrith lists with Dockside. <laughs> phase two, yeah. you think about like the it. fact that you have a fast flicker and that you can actually start uh assembling your combos a bit more effectively with like recruiters and other or just creatures that produce value yeah, on ATV, like, like spellseeker yeah, like, yeah, spell slam dunk with that i think it even like yeah depending like crazy. on your deck makes me look again at uh eternal witness um just like you know it it shapes yep. more oh, off like the dock side combo but it shaves more off of flickering anything that costs more than that right um, like if you're flickering your, I mean, Team of Sabertooth Spellseeker would be five mana. This is three. And also the fact that it's instant speed means that you can protect potential stacks pieces. Or... Yeah. Oh my God. That's nuts. Flickering Spellseeker yeah, instant you're, you're speed holding for three up, mana. Up interaction that's and, crazy. And yeah. that's better. Like that's, that's a better rate than Thrasios activation, right? Like I, I'll, I'll take three mana, like instant speed Spellseekers over Thrasios activations all day. Three mana instant speed, you know, regrow a card is and if, insane. If you, have, if you yeah. have training grounds in play, which like I like the Thras Bruce deck plays like all the training grounds effects, like you're just like one yeah. mana flicker spell seeker. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And, Dude, and what else in like, play? You're just tutoring all yeah, the, the fact that, just get the fact that all. this is like much better <laughs> for protecting your stuff is nice as well. Like. No, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Like the, it has like the that fact kind that of you're not vibe where like recasting. you can always you can activate protect, the discard ability. Uh, Obviously, it's a bit different. But... Uses pretty effectively. Oh, that's yeah. It's just nuts. <laughs> that's yeah. The that's, fact that like that you're just nuts. you're always just holding up three mana on other people's turns, and you're just like, yeah, I dare you, dude. You Try can it. reset your Yisan. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I'm gives you that. I'm super precious Gilded Drake <laughs> protection. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah that is big. Uh, the thing is, is that. Uh, they can still kill the oh, except it can't flicker itself yeah yeah um and the other like the other interesting application obviously this is pretty great with dockside um the fact that it is legendary 
Um, and I mean, Village Bell Ringers basically Dockside, right? <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing, <laughs> yeah. right? It, it, no. it does actually open up um, certainly not as good as Paradox Engine combos, but a lot better than whatever the like weird chain veil a million planeswalker combos are yeah, in uh, whatever Captain people Sisse. are currently doing with Sisse. <laughs> so like maybe this makes it you know this brings back a little bit of what was lost it also makes it um along with that uh Eviel's sort of an interesting deck just on her own in the command zone its own i don't on its own in the command Their zone own, yeah um just because like yeah like yes it's bad <laughs> I'll accept this. I'm not saying it's good. It's good in the command saying, zone. Yes, it's I'm bad. Saying it's, first, I'm first saying point. it's interesting <laughs> because um, what you can do with it is with Emil out, you can do Recruiter. Recruiter gets Village Bellringer. Uh, Village Bellringer makes a bunch of mana. You can make infinite mana with it, plus Village Bellringer if you have enough uh, creature mana in play. And then you can use it again to flicker the Recruiter and grab an outlet. So you, te- you technically have is, like, yeah. one, like one card combos. That are creature combos in a green-white deck, which is pretty cool. This reminds me of your Nazan deck, Reed. Yes. You just have a, a penchant for uh, brewing okay. weird I, no, I, I, uh, no, I, have a, I have a penchant <laughs> for card efficient combos. <laughs> Definitely a strong card in Nazan, gotta say. Oh yeah, no, it's, that, this just gives you another <laughs> another infinite mana combo <laughs> consistent of <your> pictures. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't I say that. So, uh, uh, Emil like, caused a workhorse to spike for some. Wait, God, but that doesn't, doesn't doesn't go infinite with workhorse at all. Well, yeah. I mean, it goes infinite with no payoff. I guess <laughs> <laughs> it does things. Then you get to take infinite actions, and in the at the end of the day, isn't that really what? Uh, wait, wait, wait! It does <laughs> tapping and untapping your. It also uh, lets you your basalt model. It lets yeah. you filter your hybrid green white. Into colorless. <laughs> into colorless. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Oh, true. Oh, actually, it's kind of. I guess it could be a kind of a cool deck with. Uh, I guess it's like more of a high powers thing with workhorse and uh, uh, hard skills. Hard skills, yeah. exactly. Thank you, Reed. Or peer. Okay. Or I have a question though. One against Peer. Or the new Lesnia card. One. Yeah. If I'm playing Zerda and I'm playing Training Grounds. Do I put a Wood Elves in my deck? No. Deep no. Deep <laughs> <laughs> like, I like the delay there. <laughs> I was just processing. I'll take that. I'll take Calculated. that. Like, I, I thought about like it. I it was a put, tough one. I put Oil and Coracle <laughs> in my deck before as long as it that. took Morgan to shake the Magic 8-Ball. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. This, oh, this, one's, this one's, for, this one's for Dave. If you're playing Emil in your deck, do you also put a Woodland Beller into your deck? <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> three made a Woodland Bellers, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that's Emil. Uh, next up, we have Miscast. Uh, so I'll take this one. Uh, Miscast is for a single blue mana. It's an instant that reads counter target instant or sorcery spell unless its controller pays three generic mana. Uh, so not spell pierce because it doesn't counter you know, non creatures. Also not uh, fluster storm. Is already yeah. Uh, it's already a bit iffy. <laughs> not fluster storm for sure. Because it's counterable um, by a single counter spell. <laughs> yeah um, uh and honestly the one the one that's comparable the most to this i think it's it's honestly between um spell pierce miscast and uh mystical dispute is kind of are, are the three cards that i think are similar would feel similar I mean, slots o- obviously mana leak as well but you know 
Yeah, Manalik, Manalik could certainly be it's, in that. Uh, discussion it's like as it's well. the whatever the dispel version of Manalik. I don't know. So I, yeah, I, I think that like I think Spellpierce is probably the most obvious comparison. Yeah, and I think that this card is actually better than Spellpierce in decks that want Spellpierce. I agree. You've Which, stated you've stated this stance before, yeah. and I fully agree with this. Um, like. Spellpierce, I don't think should be going in most like Thrasios decks. It really only goes in ones where like your focus is on your interaction being as cheap as possible because you're trying to go off like in low mana situations and like generally then you're trying to protect yourself from instance, which Mistcast does better than Spellpierce. Yeah, um, I, I fully agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Spellpierce has the added mode of being able to deal with early problematic enchantments like Carpet and Remora and and Study and, yep. to some extent, Smothering Tithe. But uh, that being said, I don't think that's necessarily worth... Like, the difference between 2 and 3 mana, I think, makes it worth more than that. And for, for these low-to-the-ground combo decks, one thing I only just kind of considered is that the sorcery text is potentially relevant because one of the things that low-to-the-ground combo decks don't like running into is wheels yep like just an early wheel being able to like miscast it yep also just miscasting a demonic tutor can just stop the the combo turn that is true like yeah sometimes just even if they're willing to even if they have the mana to pay the tax you can you can buy yourself so like would we say kind of like a silence a silence in response to that i guess i guess i might say that like if you have if you have good enough foresight and you have like a good enough read on people, this might just be better than uh, Spellpierce as well because if you can just nab tutors before they get the broken mm. card. Well, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that because, <laughs> but it's like, comparable. Like you're not you're not fully losing the mode of I can't counter smothering tides anymore because you can potentially just nab problematic stuff before it comes down. It's not as good as Spellpierce at that, but. Um, I also like. I don't think that that's like a good approach to be taking to games. No, generally. Not, not at all. Like, <laughs> especially it's, it's in the worst. You know what? Canadian you guys took all the good points. Come on, it's, the, it's actually the worst feeling to realize you have to like stop them from finding the combo piece. Because, okay, I I do I do want to uh, like give some actual like discussion on this though. Um, in that I think. One of my largest traits as a player is I hate paying two mana for interaction. Um, yeah. 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 When you yeah. said when you said uh, mana leak, I was like, "That's not a that's not a that's recard." Not a recard. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. I like the most unhappy I've ever been is having to cast a Dovin's veto for for full cost. It's just it's not something I want to be doing. <laughs> okay, that's that's bit, that's a bit far. Uh, no, but so, it's a bit extreme. I, so I I I just I don't like having to play like counterspell in my decks. I like to build my interaction suites lower to the ground. I prefer being sandbaggy on interaction and building my decks to account for that. And I just enjoy playing those types of decks. I've always enjoyed like you know you know like fast-ish flash decks i'm currently messing around with like hermit druid stuff you know like all that kind of stuff i can't I, answer creatures read 2017 2018 2019 I, 2020 i really like miscast because i historically have not really liked spell pierce um it's spell pierce is really bad once you start running into decks that are actually like holding up mana and aren't just trying to be low to the ground 
and like be bare minimal. Like if people actually start calling up Thrasios activations, it's terrible. You can't like grind with a spell pierce. It's just really bad. Miscast helps shore up a bunch of those weaknesses by tacking on that extra mana. Um, and it just adds like another one mana counterspell to the suite, which I am fully happy to take. So Reed, I mentioned uh, at the top when I was listing cards that are, are similar to this, I mentioned uh, Mystical Dispute. Yep. And this is something that I messed around with when, you know, at the peak of the Fish Hulk yep. meta, when that you just needed efficient answers to flash. And I actually found myself liking it a fair amount because it, it was a pretty generic answer to lots of things that are threatening that just don't get answered by the likes of uh, so you know something like the, a spell. The pierce. current issue that I have with Mystical Dispute um, is that a lot of issues that we run into now these days, uh, especially for stuff like um, stack wars and all that kind of stuff, is the veils are a huge issue. Um, silences. Silence is a huge issue. Also, honestly, we're seeing more pyroblasts. Pyroblasts like are pyro much crazy, also the, I think I've seen the largest, the largest thing that mystical dispute doesn't hit that I really like all of my interaction to be online for right now is deflecting SWAT. I really, yeah, really, SWAT, really yeah. like all of my interaction to That's be able huge. to interact with the deflecting SWAT because that card currently is absolutely huge. Um, that is like one of the best interaction pieces in a lot of dex arsenals currently, in my opinion. Yeah, so I, I I can definitely see the uh the benefit the benefit there if you're trying to, you know, try and yep. win these these stack wars. One thing that I liked when I was testing with uh dispute was just countering people's uh commanders. Countering countering commanders, countering uh remoras and ristic studies. That's definitely reasonable. And yeah. That 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 was if those are the kinds of games when you're uh when you're concerned about it, then you know, maybe I think if those are the kinds of cards you're you're concerned about and you think the games are gonna maybe gonna where, where that kind of thing might be relevant. I think it was certainly snake nabbing a dil- like in in Zer, one of the big ones was because uh, this is I was running in my Zer deck was countering Gilded Drakes. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was certainly yeah, better fair. when Flash was still around, especially in that meta. Uh, like not just because of Flash, um, but also like so when f- when the Flash meta was in full swing, like people were already looking for additional answers. They were looking for stuff like spell uh, spell snare um, was already seeing fringe play. Like people were digging down that far to find cheap answers yeah. and i think i think I, I think mystical dispute is a there. very reasonable thing to look at in that meta especially because those games also went fairly long and grindy and it was very reasonable that you'd see a rhystic study come down and also like even just countering thrasios was like fairly reasonable if you're in like a one-on-one end game scenario and you just need to keep it off the board so you can grind more value um, I like. I just think that it's lost a lot of that value currently. Where like I, you need to be able to counter ad nauseum sometimes because a lot of people are playing ad nauseums. Yeah, right? yeah. You definitely convinced me that uh, miscast is the is the way to go if you're ever considering. I mean, you have to go pretty deep before you're looking at these uh, at these counter spells, unless you're something uh, that you're you're trying to stay low to the ground with your you know suite of one CMC interaction. I think uh, Edric lists are kind of like that where they're just you know, chock full of one CMC counter spells or protection, but not really going into the likes of uh, counter spell and some of the other uh, two drops. So, yeah, definitely, definitely convinced on on uh, that miscast is the way to go for uh, for those kinds of decks. Yeah, and as far as like trying to be disruptive with counter spells, that can maybe also act as um, backup for your combo. Like, I think the only card that is actually viable in that slot is Mental Misstep. 
the opportunity cost of just you know countering a, a dork or soaring is there and miscast obviously doesn't do that and spell, spell pierce has doesn't quite live up to that as well yeah yeah okie dokie uh next up we have conspicuous snoop matt you want to give this one a read yeah uh so cast for red red creature goblin rogue two two uh, play with the top card of your library revealed. You may cast goblin spells from the top of your library. As long as the top of your library is a goblin card, Conspicuous Snoop has all activated abilities of that card. So, uh, there aren't any existing goblin-based combo decks in CDH as far as, I guess, the decklist database <laughs> until now. I mean, so... Uh, and the Kiki's always kind of been on everyone's radar, especially with Pod and kind of creature so like, those kind of early like creature based combo decks and with snoop and kiki on top you're you can make infinite snoops as long as it isn't summoning sick and that's kind of the base for a lot of these uh setups and yeah. I, I, the one thing that i think that differentiates snoop from a lot of these like high card creature based combos is the mana cost and which i think is like largely the lowest and easiest to pull off it's very reasonable um, do you mind if I just like run through the line just for yeah, the keep going. Yeah. Um, so generally the line that you're going to be looking for here, um, for like same turn wins, um, in the most like conventional AB combo, uh, style is going to be, um, conspicuous snoop plus goblin recruiter where you play goblin recruiter, you look, you search for any number of goblins, which is again, a hilarious effect. <laughs> I, I never get over it. <laughs> Dude, I'm just waiting for a conspicuous Snoop dwarf edition where we can start using dwarf recruiter. <laughs> um, so you, you, uh, you goblin recruiter search for any number of goblins, put them on top of your library in any, in any order. Um, you find a bunch of stuff, including a torture to put on top. You play conspicuous Snoop because conspicuous Snoop, is stupid and both takes abilities and is a feature site for goblins. Uh, you cast the torch courier off the top, give the the conspicuous snoop haste. Underneath that is a kiki jiki. You make infinite copies of the conspicuous snoop by targeting itself a bunch with its copies. Uh, and then the last copy copies uh, goblin recruiter again. Uh, and then you search your library again, and then you put either a mog fanatic or a sling gang lieutenant on top of your library and kill opponents so for yeah. the low low cost of red 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 one <laughs> you can win the game with two cards yeah. and and drawing a card and uh no so this is without drawing a card no. you can actually as morgan said instead of having one of uh both of these both the cards in your hand if you just have golden recruiter you can actually replace the snoop with just a generic card draw because the recruiter can find the snoop and put it on top of the entire pile, and then you can draw a card, draw it, and play it, and do the thing, which is the really appealing part of it, right? Yeah, that's like the that's that's sort of what you want to be doing. Yeah, it's like it's certainly telegraphed <laughs> if you don't have the draw. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's not hard to draw a card. So, I, I'm. Uh, the one so Matt Matt said you know there's no CEDH goblin combo based decks and that's just a straight up lie because you know everyone's favorite okay. doomsday Grenzo is a notorious goblin based combo deck. Okay, I forgot yeah, more. I did say the database, so technically I was incorrect. <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, so I think this goes into uh, 
Doomsday Grenzo yes. because you know you're already running the many halves of uh, a lot of the, the cards. You're not really adding anything to, uh, or you're, you're barely adding anything to get access to these yeah. combos. It's right? it's definitely yeah, like you you get to you get to fix. Uh, I think one thing that, that you guys forgot to mention too is that you're uh, you cut you mentioned the cost and, and how much it can cost, but you get to play. Uh, Dockside extortionist as like a mini ritual. So in, it's in it's not really decks, a ritual, so. but it is a mana fixer. No, not really. <laughs> I think it it's it's it, only a ritual uh, I guess in the like fixer, yeah. in the recruiter only stage where you can draw two cards. Where you can draw two cards because then it costs you a, like two less red mana. It costs you one less mana overall and. Yeah. It it takes you from one red red to one red. Yeah. Assuming your dockside makes at least three treasures. But mm. like um it's it's obviously it works very well in Grenzo, where you can like doomsday the Kiki on top and then go like Dockside activate and then cast the Torch Courier for so, free. I'll say the the reason why I was yeah. I, I was actually thinking of, of Dockside for Grenzo in particular is that I, I'm not a huge fan of the uh, Mog Fanatic kill, and I was looking at you know some other things, and you can do, uh, and this might be particular to to Grenzo, but you can do some like crazy stuff with. Uh, I was trying to just maximize the uh, the slot efficiency of the cards that are, that are already being run, um, and and you know maybe not necessarily run a Mog Fanatic or a Torch Courier. So there's uh, there's um, God. What's the uh, murderous red cap? There's like red cap combos. Yep, those, those, are, the, also, those uh, are the classic like backup combos for Grenzo, right? Yeah, for yeah. When you so you, you can, I was looking at maybe assembling, um, using Dockside to like manually assemble uh, some some of these other combos without having to run a Torch Courier or uh, Mock I feel like I'd rather you, right just the, uh, cut the red cap and the mimic to be honest yeah that's sort of what i'm thinking here the only issue with that though is that you have you're introducing a single point of failure by doing that where i don't think you'd win without the kiki anymore yeah and if you're not yeah. in blue um, then like you keah. kind of want to have redundancy. yeah which is the one i'm also a fan of tainted pact and plunge into that deck if you with the yeah like you, de so. you definitely want the tutor density yeah, like that's always that's the issue with both i i like Grenzo and Varals are intricately linked in my mind because they basically feel like the same deck um, in a lot of ways. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Where like they both have a lot of the same issues and the same strengths for the most part. Uh, but yeah, like the the whole thing with Grenzo is like you just always need more tutor density. The deck's always been on like both Grim Tutor and Praetor's Grasp, uh, Tainted Pact, like as many of the tutors as you Wish can Claw. fit in there. Wish Claw Talisman. Uh, it's been on uh, Shred Memory, I think, for a long time. Like, it's just chock full of ha stuff. It's on, it's on Demir Machinations. I don't think it's Oh, sorry, yeah, Demir Machinations, not Shred Memory. My mistake. Um, but yeah, like, it's it's just... I, I like the fact that you're just adding... It gives you, like, a non-Doomsday win, which is nice. Uh, it's another, like, card that you can hit and just, like, get there. And it also can make your piles a bit easier. But I, I, I'm not sure if I would consider taking out the red cap, personally. Yeah, I don't think I would. But although the the one the one of the things I was trying to wake, I didn't, I didn't, I spent like maybe like 15 minutes working on these piles and kind of got distracted by something else. So maybe I'll have to take a closer look. But uh, you, part of assembling the red cap combos because the deck is already running the uh, two goblin sack outlets that you know bump that uh, pump a creature so that you can use your Grenzo to get yes. to uh, zealous conscripts. The uh, 
you can use those sack outlets, obviously casting them off of Snoop, but then you can also, uh, how do you get access to the metallic mimic? Well, you can, uh, you can use good old goblin engineer to bin it. And then if you can give it haste with Kiki, nice. <laughs> yeah. So it, things, things were getting deep and required a lot of mana. I was like, Oh yeah, you can maybe do uh dock side stuff. And then, you know, maybe you're doing lightning crafter and then, I got. I was like, wow, this is all but terrible. That's... There are a lot of just randomly good <laughs> goblins like that, or like so half good goblins. Aside I from aside from Grenzo, though, because I think it's it's probably the most obvious slot in in Grenzo, just because like the most obvious yeah. place that you'll put Snoop is Grenzo, just because it, like it fits the existing okay. deck very easily um, and very well. Yeah. Um, I think the other places where we want to look at it are in uh, green red decks that can generate draws fairly easily, right? Because with that combination of things, you now, like when you put all that stuff together, you then have access to um, uh, basically like one card creature tutor win con, which is unprecedented, right? Like that doesn't yeah. really exist anywhere else. Um, or not anywhere else, but it doesn't, that doesn't exist in green red right now for the most part. Um, uh, you can't. So you just run this in your. Uh... Gallia, I mean, like just, your Gallia deck, and you just hope I mean, they don't discard the card. Like, it does. It just requires like a billion mana because it's all like Ewit shenanigans into dockside stuff. But yeah, like obviously this is this yeah. is actually practically attainable. Yeah, because twelve mana win cons aren't yeah. really like a thing. Like <laughs> on like five five mana one card win con in like low-ish color green red decks as long as you can generate a draw somehow like that's 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 a pretty interesting thing to look at right i i, I think that's that's definitely interesting space it's definitely going in uh mm -hmm. in my calamax brew like i was already on cord for kiki and uh and corridor monitor but now like it's slightly less slot efficient because you have to put in a few cards to replace like I took out the the birthing pot as well, but um, you get the backup and the decks on just like all the instant speed cantrips because they're all pretty good when they draw you two cards instead of one. So definitely not bad. It definitely doesn't have issues trying to draw a card. Yeah, so like you just you just like you get there anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the way the plays that I've been looking at Snoop, and this isn't uh, this isn't like unique to me. There have been a lot of people that have been looking at this. Um, is putting Snoop into Tana Timna shells, which I think is also a pretty interesting place to put it. Um, Timna generates draws very easily, very readily. You don't have to spend any extra mana on generating a draw, which is pretty nice. Um, and you also have black to find the Snoop. You have green to find the Snoop. Uh, you have white for some nice backup cards and nice support cards. Um, and you're just sort of in all the right colors to maximize its efficiency as a one card win con with recruiter, obviously. Um, so I, I think that's uh, pretty interesting, actually. Um, I think it yeah. sort of opens up a bit more space along with, uh, I, I said this on a team turn three stream, uh, a bit back. I, I don't actually remember when was it this week might've been this, whatever. Um, I think with the advent of the printing of a bunch of cards such as deflecting swat and veil summer and some of the defensive options in uh sounds blue it's actually a lot more reasonable and now with the printing of snoop it's a lot more reasonable to be in like a proactive space with that deck right like historically taunt has sort of been stuck with pod shenanigans and like some reanimator stuff 
But now that you can actually like play this proactive creature deck and actually have a fair amount of resiliency, and it's like very easy to find your win cons. Yeah, it's I, I transitioned my uh, Anafenza deck into a ton of Timna uh, Raspberries deck, and you know I've been pretty happy with the what what red provides. Yeah, and obviously having like it's, I I think there's pretty. Uh, between between like a Razaketh reanimator and you know Snoop combo, I I would personally lean towards the Razaketh. Like I I think Razaketh is kind of straight up stronger than Pod. Although I do think that this um, if if people are doing you know ton of Timna Blood Pod stuff with uh, Kiki or whatever you know this this could just layer layer pretty nicely. The one issue with Snoop and Pod deck like Blood Pod. Um, or Metapod, is that it doesn't play particularly well with Rule of Laws. Yeah, it's, yeah I mean, you can you, you don't have to run the Rule of Laws. Well, right? you, you could, <laughs> well, you that's, could transition that's sort to, of like the entire reason to play Blood Pod right now. <laughs> I mean, that deck also runs um, like it, it, it runs uh, Null Rod effects. Within a, in the blood pod deck. Well, so yeah, but that doesn't know. actually, it doesn't, it doesn't, the deck is already doing like, things it doesn't that shut are, up like your buried alive stuff, though. <laughs> Like you can still win through that. Like it, it just makes it very awkward for one cons wise. But yeah, I, I, I sort of get that. Also, this is sort of ignited. This, this and Oracle being the best deck and me playing a lot of Hermit has sort of ignited my love of Aether Vial <laughs> in CDH decks recently. Because oh okay, <laughs> no, seriously though, because um, like I, historically I haven't liked it, and I haven't liked it for very good reasons, and I still don't like it in the decks that I didn't like it in before. But <laughs> with the new uh, decks, yeah, I'm not changing my position. To be clear, everyone, I've been consistent <laughs> no, the whole no, time. No, hey, we're hey. not running for office. <laughs> hey, I, I, even though I like, I do like it more than like I see the uses for it now, and I like it a lot. It's I think it's really nice when like there are a lot of really good two CMC creatures now that I'm really happy to be like putting in for free or putting in at instant speed for free. Um and just being able to consistently do that is pretty nuts. Like being able to just straight up say that you're you're you miss out. You're you're sad that Flash is gone. So you oh can yeah, no, hundred percent. My Hermitude <laughs> deck is primarily is primarily actually just an Oracle deck looking to win at instant speed. Man, he tried tried so hard with that lab man. <laughs> hey, I I have done it before with Cord. I did it before on stream with Cord. <laughs> but I meant with the vial. Well, yeah, um, with the vial, obviously. But you know. Anyways, <laughs> next up, yeah, I think I think that's uh, next up. It's good for conspicuous news. Yeah. So next I, I mean, we've got. I guess okay. Oh. There's only one small thing to say, which it's kind of more to debunk a thing I saw on the subreddit, which is, uh, you know, Snoop plus Recruiter plus Abolisher is like a great Hulk outcome, and I suppose if you don't either, if you either don't have white or blue, so I think my points against that is, like, if you are choosing to play Hulk, like you, the great part about Hulk is. Um, you know, it is kind of only mediumly elaborate, but also um, if you are stuck with combo pieces in your hand, uh, you can just manually assemble the combos, where with Snoop, like, you kind of do get stuck if Kiki is in your hand, and or if um, or if the Mog Fanatic's in your hand, uh, yeah. you can get stuck. That's actually why I like so, the... Um, sorry, that's why I like the... Uh, Sling gang lieutenant. 
more than Mog Fanatic right now. That's what it's called, right? Yeah, yeah. that's a good just point. Just because yeah. you can, you can uh, play it out it and you can still meta. sack stuff, right? Because you're yeah. not casting them through the combo either way. Yeah, yeah. So if you're considering like Hulk, and I guess if, like if you want to stay away from white and blue for the whatever for your commander choice, I suppose then, uh, yeah, it does have these weaknesses. Though it is clean to say like one activation, abolisher and your combo for one red mana. That does like on paper sound great. Yeah. Okay, okay. So next up we have see the truth, uh, and Morgan, you can sure. get this one. So it says. Uh, See the Truth is a sorcery that casts for one and a blue. It says, look at the top three cards of your library, put one of those cards into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. If this spell was cast from anywhere other than your hand, put each of those cards into your hand instead. So it's a... It's a... Um, there's a is there a sorcery speed anticipate? Anyways. Um, I can never keep all those. It's not Shimmer of Possibility. But... Um, yeah, so look at the top three, take one of them, which is not a great card, but then if you can cast it from somewhere that isn't your hand, uh, you will be drawing three. So that could be Breach, that could be Kess, that could be Tygam. Um, unfortunately, the way it is worded, I've seen a lot of people sort of get this wrong. It's not if you didn't cast it from your hand, it's if you cast it from anywhere other than your hand. So you do have to have cast it. If you copy uh, it, it's so you'll rough. only get one card. If you, yeah, um, that's the the primary like method that people were looking at. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty pretty spicy. Um, it doesn't quite go infinite with breach, but it definitely churns reasonably effectively. It's less effective than burning inquiry, but doesn't also churn your opponents at the same time um so yeah it's definitely uh a pretty spicy one in the decks that can reliably cast it from somewhere other than their hand um yeah i think just a generic kind of value card and casting yeah. tigum and maybe consideration yeah. definitely not stuff, like definitely not said. restructuring any decks just kind of yep. a, a neat little tech piece nice addition uh, yeah. Next up, uh, Mangara the Diplomat. And uh, Reed, sure. is all you. So Mangara's a, a four mana creature, so three and a white for a legendary creature, human cleric for a two four. Lifelink, uh, whenever an opponent attacks with creatures, if two or more of those creatures are attacking you uh, or a planeswalker you control, and or a planeswalker you control, draw a card. Uh, and then the kicker. Whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, draw a card. So basically, four mana white Chrom, which is pretty neat. Notably, pretty... not a four four with flying and haste. <laughs> yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> it's a relevant part of Chrom. <laughs> yeah, it does the and does great not a, block yeah, yeah, not a blue red card that has a. Part. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, I get it. <laughs> Notably. Is a cleric. No, that, that, <laughs> Notably yeah, so, not uh, a zombie, so you can't use whatever. Notably yeah. dies to uh what's the charm that kills clerics? <laughs> it's uh the the one thing oh so looking at this card, Krom as a stand I mean it's you can't say it no one just runs a solo Krom deck because it has partners, so no one's gonna do that. But Krom as a if it was a blue red, if if it didn't have partner, I don't think it'd be 
seeing play as a you know a CDH. Okay, commander. I definitely don't think. And Mingar's... also, people aren't running Chrom in the ninety nine. No, but Chrom. So I just I, Chrom I don't see where this card is going to get. Yeah, but Chrom's also in Ristic Study colors. Yeah, and is in better <laughs> colors. Like, I think th I think that this. I mean, is like. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's going in like four color. It's not going in like Thresia's Timna, um, but in in lower color stuff, I think it's decent. I think it's also like this effect is kind of an interesting one where because it's like. It has, like, okay, theoretically the ceiling is 12 cards a turn cycle, but, like, the realistic ceiling is probably three cards a turn cycle. Yeah, no one's attacking well, you. No, so, well, okay, this, sorry. Technically, I guess the ceiling on this is 15 cards a turn cycle, but, like, let's not. If we assume <laughs> people are only casting multiple much. spells on their turn, um, three cards a turn cycle is, like, low enough that people are much more likely to, like, play into it than if, you know, like, they go, okay, they're gonna draw one card. You know, if I go, if I go nuts this turn, they're gonna draw one card. Whereas, like, with Rhystic Study, people go, if I go nuts this turn, they're gonna draw ten cards, so I'm just not gonna go nuts. But with this, it's like, they're gonna draw one card. Okay, that's fine. They can draw one card. Um, and then they play their five spells or whatever they're doing. Um, and so, like, because of the way it works, people are actually, like, more likely to willingly play into it than with something like Rhystic Study. Um, so you can actually wind up drawing, like, more cards than you might expect. But it's, like, it's four mana, and I don't think the attacking clause is particularly relevant, especially because... Like, imagine being attacked when you have a 2-4 with lifelink. I can't. I don't know, dude. Some people no, just... It's also, it's not, it attacks, yeah. it's, it has, they have to attack with two or more yeah, creatures. That's the big one. At, at <laughs> you. Right? So it's like... Yeah. Yeah. At you. So, like, it, it's it's not even like the, you're denying a draw from, like, the Timna player if they just if they have something that can get I guess in, it's conceivably right? playable in Aminatu. Yeah, I was about to say, like, white or like Or, like, Planeswalker Commanders in general, but, like... Kaminat, who's the only one that's... Mm. Yeah, I was, I was actually just struggling to find a deck where I'd, I'd even consider playing this, but yeah, maybe Aminat too. I was going to say, uh, the like, the lifelink portion is actually not irrelevant in a deck like Aminat too, because you actually can't just put your Thrasios or Timna down that ultimately acts as your early turn shield. Uh, so that that actually is a reasonable I guess, actually, Mangara is actually sort of neat for... Hmm. Some form of Timid deck. Don't ask me. I don't know the exact answer to this. <laughs> We're brewing a deck right now um, live. But read, read, read logic. It's a creature. No, 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 no. no, no. So, so it's actually it's, it's neat for the Timid deck just because you can attack with it and basically attack all out with it and leave yourself open to other Timid attacks. And like, no, but you what? can't though because they need to attack with it's if they attack you with two or more creatures. So they can still get in for a single Timna attack on you and not, and not okay, trigger fine. your Okay, fine. It's a hate bear for Najila. <laughs> you can attack all out versus Najila. <laughs> Dude, I'm pretty sure almost every single yeah, creature isn't, is isn't accidentally like a hate bear for Najila. basically a hate bear for Najila? Anything that has at least two power and at least four toughness is a hate bear for Najila. <laughs> Mangara would be a Najila hate bear who is a vanilla 2-4. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to check in oh, Giant man. Spider just to dunk on the Najila. 
Well, yeah, so I yeah. mean, I can't, I, I can't think of anything, anything that of actually wants this besides maybe your Amin- the Aminatu thing, or just like low, most, I think low color the most of greens in, in like Helliod and Captain Sisse. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, I the the two it's fake a decks good card in bad decks. <laughs> Lavinia. You know, we we joke about we joke about you know Godo and. And uh, you know, the, there's a card for another fake deck coming up, but those are those are the f- those are much faker decks than uh, than some of the other fake decks we mentioned. Okay, uh, next up we have Transmogrify, uh, which is a red sorcery for three and a red. Exile target creature. That creature's controller reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a creature card. That player puts that card into the battlefield, then shuffles their, their uh, the rest into their library. So red polymorph. Yeah, I just wanted to bring it, like, we're running a bit long on time here, but so we're not going to go over this in huge amounts of depth, but I just wanted to note this because we've been getting a fair number of polymorphs recently, just with this and what's his name? Mr. Polymorph. Um, Planeswalker. Luca. Luca, there we go. The one that's ruining standard right now. <laughs> Mr. Polymorph. <laughs> um, it's not ruining standard anymore since they banned... Uh... They banned. Great, Asian I don't keep up with standard. If you couldn't tell, okay. <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> um, I just, hey man, I just want to be accurate. I just, I just wanted to bring this up because polymorphs are historically like, I guess not underutilized, but historically like powerful effects that have gone without a home for a long time. And just having more functional polymorphs means that it's all that more likely that we're going to see use for them in the future. Um, I mean, I've I've messed around with Transmogrified recently. It's not good. <laughs> like, the deck isn't good, but uh, I think it's interesting, and it's something worth looking into if you want to do some brewing. Um, and, it, like, it, again, something to keep your eye on. We're getting to a, a point where, like, we almost have, like, a critical density of polymorphs where you can basically like guarantee to have a polymorph in your hand or a polymorph like effect in your hand when you need it so if we ever get a bomb that you can poly into or a commander that's nuts with them then it's gonna be yeah, good it's not gonna happen they're never gonna print a card that just wins by virtue of being in play like no. Unbanned <laughs> no, 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 no. Brand. I, I won't, I, it's obviously not gonna be just no. that i think it'll be something like a card that synergizes way too well with a particular card a commander yeah. that's in red blue black i mean like it might actually i think there's a chance that could i'm happen. struggling to picture something better than tidespit tyrant like no, no or like or like a yeah commander, it would have to be a two like card a combo with a commander that like generates tokens or something and yeah makes yeah. a token and also has some sort yeah. of combo with it with a creature guess, yeah. yeah that's that's not like like we already have like urza tidespit tyrant right like how unreasonable is it to expect or not expect but like imagine that they might do something similar again right like yeah, like imagine a car that's like Kikar, but has some sort of creature combo that, for, but is also I guess generally speaking could a weak card. Spirit that combos with Kikar, that could work. But anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 close. And yeah, as Reed said, like Transmogrify is not going to just. It's not just like you know, it like unexpectedly unlocking all the polymorph decks. Really, what needs to be unlocked is that one yeah, payoff. But it, what, what uh, it's but, doing is it's building yeah. the density of effects that you need to play a deck like that, right? So basically what you're saying is uh, we're I, I don't ready. know how big, how much the density needs to, like, how, there's already a decent amount of, of playables. I don't know how dense you are making your I mean, I, I, deck I never tutors, underestimate right? how dense Reed is. 
<laughs> I, would, I don't think Proteus staff is playable. I, I would in, uh, I would play up to like potentially like eight polymorph effects in a deck that like really wanted it, right? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I think there are a lot okay. of ones that get played that really aren't playable. Yeah. Like that are actually really not gonna like, be good cards. Just because even if you of have how accessible combo. they are. And like if you have more yeah. of the effects, then you don't need to play the bad ones because of how terrible I mean, they are, right? Proteus staff is typically played because it stacks your deck, not because it like is a good polymorph. Well, I mean, yeah, there's a play okay, there's some tests. We know that's right. You, you play Proteus Staff yeah, in like sure. what, like two decks? Does Elsha even play Proteus Staff anymore? I think no, the bad version. Yeah, of so like it, it's he's played like it's he's played in two decks, only one of which is real, and the real deck doesn't play because it's Are you deck saying that Proteus Atris isn't a real deck? <laughs> I'm saying that Proteus. Sir. I'm playing. Oh, the, I'm saying that Proteus Fibbletip isn't a real deck. <laughs> what about Atris? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Again, this yeah. faker than the fake <laughs> yes. decks. So uh, we need we need a new new tier. Um, okay, so <laughs> we spent all too much time talking about. <laughs> so we're just gonna get for, through this one for a non-existent <laughs> yes. archetype. In, <laughs> yeah, but, right. um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Teferi, Master of Time, and Matt you can get this one. Yes, I can. So for two, blue, blue. Uh, starting loyalty three, guys, we have a planeswalker. Finally, uh, you may activate loyalty abilities at Teferi Master of Time on any player's turn, anytime you could cast an instant. So for plus one loyalty, draw a card, then discard a card. For minus three loyalty, target creature you don't control phases out. And for minus ten, take two extra turns after this one. Finally, a CEDH playable Teferi planeswalker. <laughs> The first. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I tried to make the joke, but that's a way better way of making the joke. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is another uh, good card in bad decks. Um, yeah, I've seen people yeah. going nuts over this card. One thing I see is people say you draw four cards in a turn cycle. That's nope. uh, not what this <laughs> no. does at all. Um, this is not card advantage, everyone. Yeah, you do in reality. Oh, yeah, you do in reality. Yeah, yeah yes. which actually does a good job at blocking. Yeah, I think or or, or does a good job. It's at, also, it just curves. I guess it well, does. Right? Yeah, like real into yeah. the fairy. Yeah, I think cool. the other the other place that this will probably go is. Uh, God Eternal Kefnet because drawing cards in other people's turns is really nutty. You have a four-five flyer, which is like the best blocker you could ask for in this format. Um, and also, there's synergy between planeswalkers and taking extra turns, and also like just setting up your combos and, and taking the planeswalker that takes like, extra turns. Yeah. Also, with planeswalkers <laughs> that, that take extra, take extra turns, turns the, the after you've take, taken extra the deck turns, takes extra turns, which is good with <laughs> planeswalkers, and then Teferi takes extra turns, which is good with the deck. Which just synergizes with your other planeswalkers, yeah. Yeah, which synergizes like, with the turn spells that synergize with the fairy taking turns. <laughs> and, I don't know. I'll probably phasing is also like you can rant, you can phase out I'll, some, I'll probably some things and have it play like two games with it in Muldrotha and then not draw it and decide I don't like it. But like anyone who's <laughs> yeah. putting this in like real decks is their not evaluating this correctly like i think uh yeah i think one i think oh the looting so going back to the so subreddit like, no you have just yeah. such better stuff you can be doing i think one kind of archetype that was mentioned was some sort of kenneth reanimator style deck because you get to loot and then you also have the added you know possibility of keeping it around because you have a five five but yeah uh, i don't know like that's just like it's a lot that is like it's a lot, a lot for to ask. a looter yeah 
Yeah, unless yeah. unless you're you're doing something like Riel, then it's just yeah. it's it's not, not worth, where you not seriously take I do advantage think the, of the phasing. I do think the phasing is uh yeah is, is pretty cool. Also, yeah, yeah. actually, one th- this probably gets run in um again a fake deck, uh, Pier and Toothy. Uh, I think I think one of our I think I played against one of our listeners uh, who has like a, a Pier and Toothy deck. Um, but yeah, it, it was this this alts very quickly in. Oh yeah, I guess you just yeah, you just get two two loyalty yeah. Yeah, comes in with four plus two loyalty, and then you're you're ulting it by uh, yeah by your next turn. Yeah, in regards to the in regards yeah. to the phasing out, like yeah, if you're in Riel and there's like an oof or something, then you can just phase it out and then go proceed to combo. Well, it's like you can also just phase out, you know, get rog monster, or phase out. I mean, get rog's probably bad because it, it you can combo out instant it's, speed. I think it's phasing out a zer, well, phasing you can out a, phase a, out an instant a speed cast is that's going to flash right? back a, a thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah I guess yeah. I yeah, didn't and, exactly. And it does rebuild the phase of get rug in their upkeep you, or whatever. Yeah. It's definitely real. Yeah. Also, like it does, it does make yeah. it hard to attack, especially if you have like one decent blocker, because then they have to attack with like basically three things to get through, which is certainly a lot. Well, I mean, ask. I mean, if you're that's just if you're trying to phase with it, but I mean, most of the things in CDH have very low power, so like you can, you can, a lot of the time because he grows loyalty so fast, you can kind of just escape some like weenie attackers if you don't have a, a block with just you know upticking it over yeah. and over again and then if someone sends something large after it or like two medium things and you have a blocker that's anyways mm-hmm. yeah. wait 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 what about uh is it does does oath of teferi allow you to double act and we're moving on (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one yeah i don't think they would worry it it does you can only the game rules you can activate planeswalkers abilities once per turn right but oath of teferi says twice rather than only once so is it okay each each turn it it says each turn wait oath of teferi says each turn <laughs> Neo. <Yo>. Moving on. <laughs> okay. Uh final card on our list. Um and this is uh Traitorous Greed. Uh Morgan, you Do I ask putting this on Morgan? Yeah, don't put this on me. Okay. Morgan, Morgan, Traitorous just skip because it. we've Morgan, been following an order. It. We've been following a specific okay, yeah, order. And uh, it's Traitorous Morgan's Greed turn to read the card. is three in a red sorcery. Gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature, it gains haste until end of turn. Add two mana of any one color. And Linden uh-huh. still thinks Zada is a deck. So no, it's a fake deck. I've said it's a fake deck, but it's a All deck. Right. We've talked about we've talked about three cards for fake decks. I mean, Transmogrify isn't even a card for a fake deck. It's it's an archetype that doesn't even exist. In Zada specifically, Trader's Greed is like obviously nuts, right? Like this yeah, card is obviously it's bonkers. Two battle hymns and it gives your team haste. Okay. Yeah, that's that's all you need. I mean, it's a four mana card. Insane ritual. Anyways. Okay, that's it. <laughs> that's all it does. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I have I have something here. No, Let me just I need to I need to remember no. the card name. Uh, Quick, Linden, Linden, okay, yeah. get the yeah, we, get we the gut check in. Get the gut check in. Start the gut check, Linden. Okay, so time for everyone's favorite segment, and that's gut check. Gut check. Gut check. Gut check. Gut check. Wow, Morgan, you've been gone for for almost a month and from the still podcast, no hype and that's for the it? level Come of energy on. you're bringing. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so this is a quick two-parter. Nothing, nothing super special. I kind of just want to uh, know what your guys' take on this is. So, uh, first part: uh, limited or constructed? Okay, uh, constructed. Constructed. Yeah, constructed. 
Yeah, okay, I kind of figured. Uh, <laughs> now, second part, I, I'm also constructed uh, for what it's worth. And then part two, your favorite 60 card format. Oh, that's tough. Do we have to play this format? We definitely did this one already. Uh, I, I think it kind of flip flops between like vintage and legacy. At least I can justify my answer part. this time. Yeah, I mean, like my my favorite like, is legacy. I think legacy has like, yeah, I think so. One thing that I like about legacy more than most other formats uh, is the the brewability. Like the format just has so many decks that you can brew, and it's also like that can actually compete and also uh it's a very interactive format it's also a very like explored format so those kind of all add up i think some of my favorite decks of all time or at least one of my favorite deck brewers was a uh, played i think mostly legacy and that's gregory hatch oh my god he had the uh mono blue <laughs> yes. martyr and uh yeah it's also and one of artificial in intuition the, that, that, that uh artificial intuition deck dude like I, <sighs> I, I, Legacy also has my favorite deck names of all time. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I Oko guess, yeah, Puffs and Oko Krispies. All the variations uh, and then, on. And then my answer, which I got shit for last time, but I'm sticking to it, and I actually have a good reason this time, is uh, what was it? Uh, Frontier. And I know it's dead. But the reason I, the reason I liked it is because it was like alternate history standard. Like you got to see like more so than Pioneer, where the card pool is a little bit too big to see it directly. You got to see like very clear historical standard archetypes, both playing against each other and getting extra tools from like other sets that were just outside of the rotation. And I thought that that was really awesome. It's a very good hipster I answer, man. Yeah. Read. It's like the remember berries yeah. of formats. Is it popper? Uh, okay, my favorite format that I play is popper. <laughs> my favorite sixty card format <laughs> period is legacy. Legacy's just too just too cool. There's there's too much cool stuff going okay. on in the format at any given point in time. And like somehow, I don't know, like uh, there's obviously like the biggest economy in legacy player base. Um, between like sweaty nerd and really really cool dude <laughs> but it has like the highest density of really cool dudes <laughs> really cool people Trey, I should say <laughs> out of any of the formats I think okay uh, my answer is a format that uh, is pretty new that's going to be uh, historic I've been having a awesome you know time just jamming historic on arena playing uh escape shift with uh with mazes end and doing all kinds of dumb stuff in historic so very similar to morgan's answer Uro. um in terms of the things that motivate it but dude Uro is 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 okay in historic but not even like the it's not as as broken as it is in uh in like modern and you know, yeah for now stuff. yeah yeah they've just got they've got a decent amount of tools to deal with that kind of stuff they put bajuka bog into the format i think there's Tormod's Crypt as well. And Cage. So, like, in, in the Mazes End deck that I play, you just go lose for a Bajuka Bog and laugh. And you play Scape Shift and you win the game. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's that's uh, that's it. Hashtag go lose in all formats. Yeah. Uh, two quick listener questions uh, before we close out the show. So, Zeke the Impaler asks, have you ever played a competitive slash power commander cube? 
So I, I've been like toying with the idea of trying to design one. I think that you need more than just like a standard cube. Either you need multiple, like I think you need multiples of cards um, and you might need certain staples to just have access to. Like it doesn't make sense to give someone the option to draft four mana crypts, but it also like doesn't make sense to only let one person have the mana crypt because they opened it. Um, so like, I think that it's like kind of an interesting idea, but it would certainly need a decent amount of work to sort of balance it for, for higher level play where you can't just sort of jam, uh, you can't just jam like balls of cards together and have them loosely function. Um, yeah. CDH decks are pretty tight and fo- and focused on, on combo, right? Like if you don't get your, your combo, pieces because you know someone's hate drafting or you know two people are going for the same archetype and you know, oops i got uh you know i got one half of the combo and it sucks to suck for you but yeah. uh or i guess it sucks to suck for both of us your 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 deck is just not gonna and, function and, and also right? that's why like having a more traditional cube where you can just do beats or have different kind of archetypes where there's lots of redundant pieces is uh i think easier. i think also and like it's a hard thing to fix considering like how many cards you'd actually have to draft like you'd be looking at drafting like six 15 card packs at the very least, probably more. Um, hate, there's it's so easy to hate draft when the draft runs that deep, right? Like you just mm. you like it's pack one, you're on your third pick, and you're or I mean, maybe that's too early to say you've committed, but it's pack two, you're on your third pick, and you're like, oh, here's like the Thassa's Oracle, and I'm playing like Rurikthar. Well, I'll just take this because I've got 70 more picks to like fill out my list and then no one else can have it. I think this type of idea um, works a bit better if it's like some sort of gauntlet where uh, it's not, there's no draft aspect, um, but it is still like a reduced version of, there are still reduced versions of all of the, uh, you know, meta decks, I guess. So there'd be, you know, like maybe pick some amount of cards like 60 or 40 and then just build kind of the 40 card reduced version of all the decks and i think that work a bit better and then you can also just have then you can just have so many more decks you're, you're Maybe you could do some kind of oh sorry i, I just had an idea you yeah 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 hold that um i was just gonna say that then you don't have to like have all these redundant copies of cards and like that kind of dilutes things um i kind of just thought of like why, why you could maybe do something like a uh and it'd be like a really weird format of drafting, but cards come in bundles. So, you know, you've got a, a consult plus Thassa's Oracle bundle. Um, and, you know, maybe like a strong counterspell bundle or different combos and interaction, strong pieces, hate. And, you know, it could be very, it takes someone, you know, very skilled to kind of figure out how to balance everything around this. But you, you kind of fix some of that problem yeah, maybe of, you know, hate You could drafting. set it up, like, I forget what the game mode's called, but the thing in... Um... In like the Hearthstone single player things, where there's like sets of cards that yeah, yeah, like that have the theme, and then you know you're offered like some. I mean, yeah. the balance there is still like a little tricky, particularly with stuff like Thassa's Oracle Demonic Consultation. Well, like, okay. Oh so, boy, so that's the a combo. You you could do that, but you could also do things like you could put Mana Crypt with Mana Crypt with like some you know terrible card to maybe balance out some of the bundles, right? 
you could kind of do you kind of do some some neat stuff. Sure, like but that. there's just like yeah. like where do you put Thassa's Oracle? Right. Like, I, so I think yeah, additionally, you could you, you could have put, like a post draft trading period where you could actually trade. If people. you put actually, uh, if so, if yeah. you put Thassa's Oracle in a pack with or like in a set with a tainted pact, and then like put the console elsewhere, like say in like the food chain pack, it actually it actually be really interesting mm. because Thassa's Oracle and tainted pact is not an easy deck to build in draft. Where like basically you have to start picking non basics immediately so that you can actually have the mana base to make it work. Well, I mean, if they're in that's, bundles, there's going to be some like non basic packs, but, but even like, so, yeah, you have, you to, could, pick you'd have like to like spend a bunch of, six of them picks on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, maybe we should, uh, maybe we should build one and, and test it out. I know I've, I've been working on, uh, on and off on like just a regular commander cube and it's fun to design that. And, but I think it doesn't suffer from the same kinds of challenges for this kind of like CDH. Yeah. Cube. Well, if you want to have a cube kind of emulate the CEDH experience, it's a lot harder than trying to build a cube that emulates the, you know, casual slash mid power EDH experience. Yeah, I think the like the sort of generalized version of the problem that you're facing is like how drastically different certain card slots are and how winning the game isn't something that you do with cards that are standalone. Okay, and our final listener question comes to us from Ender six 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 six. A lot of sixes. Um, hey, could you guys do an episode or segment on how to properly mulligan in a CEDH environment? Yes. Okay, guys, that's it. For- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, to um, be fair, though, we like probably. It's- yeah, this is definitely <laughs> more than I think we have time for now. Like, and you know, we include mulligan sections in the uh, the special episodes precisely because it is actually quite like deck dependent yeah. um so yeah we can definitely yeah. go more in depth on mulliganing uh, in a future episode but do we want to give like yeah, a, but we'll wait long uh, enough to make it look like we aren't just plagiarizing <laughs> yeah, it. for sure do we want to give a, a cold <laughs> See, I, I think now? i think the uh the point you made about you know mulligans being deck specific is is actually you know pretty important because there there's some generic advice you can give about mulligans but you know Oh, don't take, don't keep the hand with no lands and no mana sources or no payoffs and whatever. But it really, when it really comes down to the deck, um, and this is one thing I really like about our special episodes is that you're, you're hearing from the people who, you know, are well known in the community as being, you know, the foremost experts on these decks and they have lots of game experience and knowledge and the the hands we select for these episodes are, you know, hand, we were like, we, we generate a bunch of different hands and we, we go through and we pick ones that are challenging for the guests themselves so you're 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 really getting a a live um view of what the you know these expert pilots are what their mental process for going through these uh these mulligans so uh, i don't think it gets much better than that in terms of just you know watching people actually go through that that process to determine how to improve your mulligan game yeah but i think i think like giving some somewhat useful advice uh, right now, I think one of the biggest things that I see people do is like have an overemphasis on keeping hands that let them win the game in decks that like it's not actually super difficult to win the game. Like if mm-hmm. you're playing like a Thrasios Timna deck, throwing your hand back because it doesn't have like it has I don't know some some accelerants and then like a value engine you know, a cantrip and some interaction 
and you're playing Thresius Timna, like throwing that back because you don't have like a tutor or a combo piece is probably not necessary in in most games where like you can you know you can leverage the deck and the commanders and the value engine to find you know one of your tutors and set something up but you know in a deck like i don't know doomsday grenzo like keeping a hand that doesn't have a way to win the game <laughs> maybe not yeah, such a yeah. such a great idea so Godo, for instance yeah certainly i think i think kess is the biggest example of of where like it's probably the hardest deck to mulligan for that same reason yeah like i think it's really you need to think about like what your deck has an easy time doing and what your deck has a hard time doing and then like make sure your mulligan sort of complements that effectively rather than you know oh i i my deck has a hard time winning the game or like you know my, my deck has a hard time sort of digging and finding pieces it needs and i kept a hand without the pieces i need like, you're gonna have a bad time Okay. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. If you guys would like to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or concerns, you can contact us on Twitter at Into the North Pod via our email, Into the North Podcast at gmail.com, or on our Discord server, the invite link for which can be found in the description for this episode. Next, special thanks to all of our patrons who help cover the expenses for our show and allow us to work towards improving the quality of the podcast. If you too would like to become a Patreon, we are at patreon.com slash Into the North Podcast. Thank you, as always, to the band Vox Cadre for our lovely podcast music, to Nate Slover for our equally lovely podcast logo, and to our long-suffering podcast editor, Roadkill. Next episode will be out in two weeks. Until then, see ya. Bye. Peace. Have a good one.